Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is Tomato Meter approved, Eric Marchin. In the year 2000. <laughs> 22. In the year 2000. Did you watch Conan's last episode? I did, but it's um, weird because like he's coming back on HBO, HBO Max, Max, right? Yeah. And it's basically a talk show again. It's a variety show, they're saying. Oh, okay. So, but it's not like he's really going away. I think away. it's like a, it's either half hour or hour streaming weekly show, right? So, I mean, I think this is the end of his talk nightly, show career. nightly talk show, right? Like late night talk show. He was good. So, I liked him. I didn't yeah. watch a lot of his TBS stuff, but like- Neither did I. So, he's lot- been on TBS for like 10 years. Yeah, which is, I mean, again, time it's flies. wild, because um, I, I just remember him leaving The Tonight Show and that being such Well, that a whole disaster. debacle with Jay Leno, right? And yeah. then, you know, Jay Leno wanting to basically take it back after giving it to him. And yeah, I, I, I always kind of liked Conan O'Brien, like especially this when- This is a review of Conan O'Brien. Well, well no, especially <laughs> when he was on- um, you know, late night with Conan O'Brien, like after Leno, like it was like that weird. It was the best. Dude. It was That's that weird like, show that like, I loved it. <laughs> That's prime uh, Conan for me. Like, like I, was I can't believe he still it. got away with masturbating bear. Like that yeah. makes me laugh every single oh, time. Oh, it's still still funny to this day. And I think why he couldn't use it is because like technically NBC owned it or whatever. Yeah, right? because of uh, um, that. But. Anyways, today we're reviewing Chris McKay's The Tomorrow War, uh, which is now streaming on uh, Prime Video. Jeffrey Bezos! Um, starring uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Yvonne Strahovski, uh, J.K. Simmons, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson, Edwin Hodge, uh, Jasmine Matthews, Ryan Kira Armstrong, Keith Powers, uh, and more. Um all your favorites are here. Originally, uh, a Paramount Pictures and Skydance Media uh, film was going to be released in the- theaters by Paramount, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, they decided to sell it to Prime Video. Ironically, this is right when theaters are opening up again. And, and sort of- like without remorse as well, which was yeah. in the same situ- same boat where like Paramount- yeah, Paramount just kind of sold both of those to them. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's on, not unfortunately, I mean, you guys can all watch it if you have a prime video, uh, subscription, but, uh, this is one, uh, I would have liked to see like an IMAX or a big screen. Um, and uh, Amazon probably would have put it in theaters if, if, you know, I, I guess it's a weird situation, but, um, they are open now, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like the ice is starting to thaw and ah. movie theaters will be opening again shortly. And, you know, the last maybe a couple of films that are already scheduled for, uh, streaming, uh, or day and date anyways. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of hold up in terms of like, Oh, this is something I would have liked to have seen in a theater. I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. If I would have watched this one in a theater, just because unless it was like exclusively in a theater. Sure. Sure. Because it is two (laughs) hours and 20 minutes long. Matt's getting very emotional here as he's, uh, I'm drinking my green juice and it's got some, as we're talking about movie theaters, uh, potentially reopening. Um, because watching this film, and we'll get into it. I'm going to be very critical on this, but I also like this movie quite a bit. Which, sure, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, but I think the, the the criticism of it is partly like this could be an even better movie if it was a little bit more streamlined or if it was just like 
a half an hour cut out of it, you know, like, like it feels like you could cut a half an hour out of this film, but, but it all clicks, uh, in the Miami sequence and we'll get there. But essentially what this film is, is a dystopian thriller that is sort of taking the action sci-fi military genre and incorporating the uh, second chance slash global warming message uh, within this story. And essentially what you have are um, future visitors who come back to the year, uh, the the present, the present being in this movie, uh, December 2022. The Qatar Uh, World Cup is happening. (laughs) Yes, yes. And interrupting Brazil uh, about to make a goal. Um, and these, make a goal. Make a goal. That's 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 my terminology for sports. They're gonna make a goal. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Because I don't care about sports. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and so basically, they tell the world that 30 years from now, uh, alien invaders called the White Spikes, which is an unfortunate name because I kept wanting to call them the White, the white Stripes. Stripes. Yeah. Uh, Jack White was not looking great in this movie. I they will had to say send that. a Seven Nation Army. You know, well, I made a joke in my Roger. Damn Bruce. About that, yeah. I knew you would have. <laughs> um, but it's a good one. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> make a goal, uh, anyways. And so, what it essentially kind of boils down to is, is from the perspective of a family man, uh, played by Chris Pratt, who uh, is a scientist and also has a background in military. We learn that you know he spent some time in Iraq and. Um, sort of is trying to apply for a army research job that um, he doesn't get uh, in the opening act. But we also learn that, you know, he loves uh, his wife and daughter uh, and uh, his wife is played by uh, Betty Gilpin, who unfortunately does have the wife role for the most part, especially when you think like how much butt she could have kicked after watching something like the hunt. Um, it just kind of seems a little bit unfortunate wasted. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so the first 40 odd minutes of this movie is literally all exposition and world building. Um, and that first shot of the movie where we see it's kind of foreshadowing, you know, the Miami sequence, but like when we see Pratt, like literally falling from the sky, I was like, Oh no, this, this looks terrible like this looks like like a weird reference to bowfinger um and then it did the i will jump in quickly the cg the cg looked rough in that sequence very briefly that being said as we get into it i'm sure we will um when the creatures start coming in i actually thought that cg was quite good and like that it yeah um, yeah you kind of forget about that rough sequence earlier, or you at least kind of acclimatize to sort of what's going on um, in this scenario. And then sort of from this warning, um, the people from the future, the visitors, the time jumpers um, work in tandem with uh, the current government or the past government in their case um, to sort of bring um soldiers from our time into the future but there's also this cat there's a lot of statistic uh statistical information in that first act and again it's so heavy on exposition where we get like 
info dump after info dump on like, okay, only so much of the military population can do the time jump. That's why, you know, we're, we're recruiting, Mm. um, you know, civilians. And then sort of, we get this idea of like an international draft that's sort of echoing Vietnam. And that will also play a part in the JK Simmons character, who's the estranged father of Pratt's, um, military uh ex-military turned um biochemist teacher at a at a high school and sort of like that sort of uh relationship and how it's very strained um as the movie goes we see that you know dan has been recruited and that he is going to um sort of go through with it instead of running away. Although again, it's, it's probably pretty hard to run because like, again, when you think of the Vietnam war, a lot of people from the U S fled to Canada, but since this is a worldwide draft, you can't really escape that. So you'd always be on the run, uh, ends up, um, going into basic training and has this device attached to him that sort of monitors his, his, you know, uh, cerebral cortex and sort of, you know, his, his, uh, life signs and sort of is the thing that can kind of pull him back into the past when they're done. And the, the assignment or the mission is seven days. And um, another aspect that is also playing on to the sort of um, war aspects is post-traumatic stress. And we see early on how a lot of people that do come back, the ones that do come back, cause there's not many that do um, are just completely emotionally and physically shattered. Um, and having to cope with what they went through. Um, and I think what this movie does, when this movie works, like, again, it starts to really come into its own uh, during the kind of Miami uh, combat rescue mission. Um, and it also weirdly is more of a creature feature than I thought it would be. Like, that was the thing that kind of surprised me the most. I think anytime uh, that you spend with uh, the the White Spikes is excellent like i i felt like the um, sort of the immersive nature of the clicking characters mm-hmm. um the sort of like the look of them like it's all ultimately zach dean's script um is derivative of a number absolutely of 90s act- like i specifically thought of <laughs> roland emmerich's stargate and independence day like it feels like a a 90s action movie it has the length of a 90s action elements of terminator aliens i said too you mentioned quiet place when we were talking privately about this and like um and uh, obviously edge of tomorrow which is more recently as well which has a somewhat similar concept well it also has tomorrow Um, in the title (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's also true but 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 yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is playing on the Groundhog Day gimmick, where this is just kind of playing on the time travel paradox, yeah, and sort of having to sort of deal with that. But a lot of the stuff that is set up in the first sort of thirty to forty minutes of the movie is very much telegraphed. You kind of have an idea of what is going to play out, but I think ultimately it works. Like even on that emotional level, like I think that there are moments in the story that I found kind of surprising in terms of characters um, that Pratt ultimately ends up working with. And that it's yeah. not just like, okay, a little bit of a suspension of disbelief of going like, Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that. that is yes. But, <laughs> like, but, but, but I'm talking more about like, almost like you referenced aliens where we get like, yeah. you know, the sort of like the group, the core group of characters that sort of, you know, Ripley yeah. is sort of teamed up with in, in the military thing where with this, 
we don't stay with sort of one group for that long. Like even someone like Sam Richardson, who's kind of playing like that typical, like, you know, nervous banter, joking kind of guy. We just saw in Werewolves Within. Yeah, it was very good. And then also promising young woman. And, and, and He's so, good in this too. I thought he was funny. Oh, he is. He is. But like you think like, okay, like this is a character that's going to be throughout the entire thing, but it's this revolving door of supporting players that all interact. And the other thing that I kind of liked about it, even though it is still very plot heavy, it kind of is broken down into uh, multiple missions and sort of like the sort of yeah. focal point is – scientific kind of video research in that nature too a little bit yeah and and innovation which i think also is, <laughs> is interesting yeah no i'm i'm with you i thought um i was pleasantly surprised by this and like um i kind of won me back over with chris pratt as well because like i will be the first one to admit that i've talked a lot of shit about chris pratt in recent years and i don't mean like i like i don't hate the guy i've actually loved him in parks and rec i loved him in smaller supporting roles and i loved him as star lord i just feel like there was that period of time after guardians of the galaxy when he became a movie star when we were throwing him in a lot of stuff and and i've always said like there was something didn't quite work for me with him as a leading man like i don't think he works in jurassic world i didn't think he worked in passengers magnificent seven like we were throwing him in a lot of different things and i just felt like he was always one of those guys who never felt supernatural not supernatural but didn't feel natural like the show in those, yeah <laughs> uh in those roles like i always felt like he was someone who he's a, a dramatic actor. role and in a dramatic role where he is the lead he is the one who the the movie is riding on i just i could see him reading a script like i could see him performing a script i never felt like lost in anything that he had done other than maybe star lord because it's you know comedic and just fun and but that's also an ensemble um, right like yeah that's that's a group effort where like yeah he is a breakout in that and obviously that's kind of why hollywood put him in all those leading roles after the fact but you look mm-hmm. at stuff that he's done in supporting parts i mean you mentioned parks and rec but like you know he's great in a few scenes money in Moneyball Ball and yeah. zero dark 30, dark 30 and her yeah. i think is one of his her best performances yeah um and and but when the movie rides on him, it just never really worked. But then that being said, in this, I, it like weirdly finally clicked with me where I'm like, this is the first thing since Guardians where I've gone, you know what? You f- feel natural in this and your emotional beats work. And I don't see like not every scene. I'm not going, oh man, you're like, you're trying really hard here. And I don't know if he's just like worked on it or or anything, but like when he's Owen in Jura- the Jurassic franchise, I'm just like, there's something with his like, his he's trying, trying to be over charismatic like, and, yeah. and sort of like, again, that movie star thing where with this, it kind of feels like he kind of tuned into just like the family man kind of. Yeah. And I think that worked that every man who also is very skilled at what he does. And I think that translated to, you know, the emotional beats in the movie because he has some great moments with uh, Yvonne Strahovski's character and J.K. Simmons where, you know, it's not necessarily the deepest, you know, emotional thing you've ever seen in in the world but it just worked for me for this kind of film it works yeah and it's like not like i was 
crying or bawling my eyes out or anything like that. But like those all felt believable and the emotion was there. And I actually felt like, you know, that was the driving force of the movie. And yes, the metaphors about, you know, global warming and and things like that are very blunt, much like when we were just reviewing the purge movies of being like, you know, they're pretty in your face. They're pretty It wears its message on its sleeve or in this case, it's weird sort of total recall esque device. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think that's fine, but the family aspect is, is kind of what worked for me. And I, I, and I totally agree with you on top of that with the creature design and the creature feature element of it, that I loved the design of the, um, the white, uh, what did it, sorry, I keep thinking spikes. white stripes now. I know white it's, spikes. it's hard not to, <laughs> I was like, um, the white spikes. And they're these interesting kind of, you know, you could see the design from, like you said, a quiet place or even stranger things or the demigorgon and things like that. But like with this interesting white thing where they had like little T-Rex arms, but then they have tentacles that shoot out spikes. And I'm like, these things are cool. And they always felt menacing and like, uh, you Get know, a harpoon on that tentacle. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and then going back, the movie has some, you know, I thought the comedic stuff worked with, um, uh, you know, Sam Richardson's character and, um, like he has a great line because uh, they're drafting, you know, civilians and they're looking around and I la- I like literally like laughed really loudly at that. He, there's a line that he goes, that guy's wearing a chef's hat. And it just like, it like literally made me laugh. And I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. And then I really love JK Simmons as well. I mean, I love JK Simmons all the time, but like <clears throat> seeing a jacked JK Simmons with that beard and just being kind of a prick and like a conspiracy theorist kind of prick is just like, uh, kind of fun and like mm-hmm. um and the whole last act with you know uh where pratt has to you know there's two big team ups one with him with yvonne strahovski's character and then one with him and jk simmons who plays his father um is it because their last name is forrester and my mom's maiden name is forrester maybe um but uh i just i liked their chemistry that those two groups as well as um jk simmons has a great line where he's a surprise dumbass and then i <laughs> like that a lot too and but, again on on paper um, that probably just reads like you know like a, a tagline for an action yeah. character but the way that yeah. kind of simmons delivers it in that kind of drawl kind of tone is perfect um yeah i i, I think that like again emotionally speaking i wasn't you know moved to tears or anything but for this kind of movie um i think it works ultimately and i think that like you it earns some of that sort of you know the 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 idea that this is more than just you know like a standard action film even though it is very much derived from everything <laughs> that we've been referencing like it, 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 every it's, time travel alien movie that action every flick sci-fi that action blockbuster that you've seen in the last 30 plus years is is in this film in some way or another like this is a sum of its parts kind of movie but i think when it's all kind of put together it ultimately works it's just a lot to ask somebody to stick it out after like for the first 30 to 40 minutes like i could understand if somebody's watching this and like being like i'm checked out at like you know minute 10 because it just is so sort of dense in its exposition and just sort of characterization it takes a little that, while to get there right yeah like it I mean, like they, truly it does not like it like which i i could i sorry, didn't connect ahead. i didn't connect with it until until that the miami, miami sequence. sequence yeah and that was, and i see that and i think that could have been a studio note where that's why they tease that at the beginning with that sequence where we said doesn't looks kind of rough right yeah. but like because it takes a long time to get there so i could see them being like you guys gotta put at least a piece of that sequence at the very beginning so people know that there's something coming that's like 
you know, action focused or, or anything like that. And that's why I almost wish I, you know, I think it would have worked really well in theaters. Cause I feel like there are some, like, it is kind of a crowd pleasing action movie in that, you know, the second half of the movie. And I feel like when you're locked in a theater, you're more likely to stay in that theater and, and tough it out where I could see what you're saying, where if you're streaming it at home, um, it's two hours and 20 minutes and, and, you know, it takes a while to get there and, it is derivative of a bunch of different movies, which we've met, mentioned. So like I could see someone also in those first 30 minutes being like, I'm good <laughs> and, and needing to turn this off. But like, I don't know, like I just feel like it came at the right time where I, I wanted a movie like this. Uh, like, you know, I thought it was a crowd pleasing action blockbuster that, you know, is very familiar, but like finally showed me that Chris Pratt, you know, maybe he can do other things than star Lord. And like, if he finds the right role and maybe he's coming into his own a little bit when it comes to being, you know, an action star or, or a leading man. But, um, I thought the emotional beats were, you know, yeah, like you mentioned. And like I said before too, like solid, like it just works for this type of movie and it probably didn't even need that element, but like it kind of elevated, you know, it from being completely generic or anything. And then, uh, um, man, Lauren Ball fall over the place too lately too. <laughs> also yeah. doing the score for this. Well, I mean, um, this makes sense just in terms of like keeping it within the Paramount Skydance Mission Impossible kind of yeah, family, yeah. right? Like it almost feels like, oh, we're doing this, you know, sci-fi action military film. Um, going back to Chris Pratt, like I don't know if Chris Pratt's necessarily great in this role. I think he's he's good. I think he's mm-hmm. subdued. And I think like, again, watching the first, scene where he's in class kind of like teaching his uh, his kids and 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 the students and, and kind of basically like they're just completely um you know pessimistic about the whole situation and and can read the writing on the wall i was thinking like for a couple of minutes there and it's not the movie's fault it's just more so like again kind of casting chris pratt as a science teacher i was thinking almost like oh no is this going to be mark Wahlberg in the happening where it's just so <laughs> unbelievable that yeah. someone like mark Wahlberg could ever play a high school science teacher i believed um, him as it I no no know. i did too i did too yeah. i i think he's more he's more subdued and realistic where like Wahlberg, it's like and what about the bees? You know, yeah. like, and I was thinking, like, oh no, is Pratt gonna like? Come end on, up guys! Like, yeah, <laughs> like I thought Pratt, like, at, like at a moment there, like, was going to do that, but he never does, which I think is 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 quite good. But I think his casting is interesting outside of the movie as well, because you have a character that you know believes and goes by science mm-hmm. and the exploration of innovation and experimentation where Pratt has been very vocal about in, in his real life about being a man of faith faith. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of um, interesting in terms of just like casting somebody you could, like you could that. be both. You no, no, be, I, yeah. I, I even said this again, regurgitating my Rogers review, like how dare you <laughs> uh, like you can be both, but they're not necessarily like they're, they're a contradiction in general, right? Like the idea totally, yeah. of thinking like, okay, well, if you're a person of faith, you believe in a higher power. And like, you know, even that trumps science where people of science are usually agnostic or atheist, right? And like mm-hmm. that also, I mean, he he seems to be um, agnostic in this. The character, where yeah. like you look at something like Prometheus or even Alien Covenant, you had characters that were scientists or um, you know ships captains that had a religious kind of grounding to them, right? Like Numi Rapace's character in, in Prometheus 
always kind of struggled with her faith, even though she was a scientist. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so I, I thought the that original was kind of title was Ghost Draft. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, I mean, Tomorrow War is kind of generic it's as well, generic, but Ghost yeah. Draft is kind of like <laughs> Ghost Draft is incredible. It's so stupid. <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but like I, I, I would have loved that. Um, Ghostbusters, but, <laughs> Ghost Draft. Um, yeah, and again, I think it's it's thoroughly enjoyable. I could totally see. Um, you know, some people just being like, it, the trailer didn't sell me and the, and the movie won me over. And I don't know if it was right time, but we're both on the same page here where I'm like, you know what? I thought that was thoroughly enjoyable. Like, um, I thought the action sequences were I- exciting and it, it is one of those movies, like even more so than, you know, recently even Black Widow where I was watching it and I was like, I wish I saw this on a giant movie screen with great sound. Cause I think it would have been a blast. Right. Um, so uh, that was like, I think that's just very telling of how much I enjoyed this. It was just like, man, I wish I wasn't sitting on my couch watching this. I wanted to be with a crowd watching this in a theater. And, um, and yeah, I, I, again, it is derivative. It's, um, it's probably something you've seen numerous times, but I think it does a good job you know, executing what it's trying to do. And it's not trying to pretend to be something it's not. And I I like the creature design. The action sequences are cool. And I like, you know, Chris Pratt and some of the emotional moments. So, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm also going to give it a four out of five. And I also want to say that I did laugh at, uh, there's a joke that Sam Richardson has when, Oh, and that's a scene that I actually really did like quite a bit. Um, when they go back to it in Miami, when they're landing, yeah, you know, yeah. like you think like, Oh, they're going to like storm the beach, like on D day or something like that. But they're literally dropping out of the sky and yeah. landing wherever they may be on and, top of a building and a yeah, pool, yeah. But Sam Richardson has this joke afterwards once they've kind of you know settled, quote unquote, and 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 are looking at sort of the the infrastructure and what's going on, and, and, and he's just like, "Oh man, I'm glad Will Smith isn't alive to see this." Yeah, that's really good. I liked that, and the I literally. There's a jump scare in this movie, not maybe intentionally, but there's an alarm that just comes out of nowhere and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I literally jumped more than I jumped in, you know, the purge or fear street lately or something like that. And I just, I wrote a note because I was like, um, I laughed afterwards cause it's just like mid conversation, a loud alarm goes off. I was listening with headphones in and stuff too, but it like literally made me jump out of my seat. Um, anyways, weird place to end on, but it did scare me. Hey, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due, you know, good jump scares. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, and shout out to Chris McKay too. I mean, obviously making his live action. Um, no, he's uh, done a live action movie already. Did he? Oh, two weeks, one year. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Forgot about that. I just think of him as the Lego movie guy, right? Yeah. The Lego Lego Batman. Batman. Yeah. So I forgot he started with a live action movie. I don't know much about that. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I think it's yeah. I think it's probably like his thesis film or something that like he started with. But like oh, maybe, when I was okay. writing my review, like I started writing like, you know, this is his first his, live action yeah. film. But then you're like, no, 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 hold up. Like this is Thank I, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this is his first studio live action movie, I guess. Sure. Like you could phrase but it. But when that he started, way. it looks like, yeah, he did do a um a movie called Two Weeks One Year. Because he was supposed to he was originally attached to Nightwing, right? Like he was Which gonna, he still is, yeah, I believe. But um I think that's what he was going to do. And Johnny Quest. Well that'll um, be interesting. So. 
Yeah, I mean, um, obviously he had the connection with Chris Pratt on on Lego Movie, and I thought he did a pretty good job with Lego Batman. So, um, yeah, I I think he did a good job with this. So I'm excited to see um, what he does next. Yeah, I think between this, Tomorrow War, Nobody, and Cruella, those three studio movies are the most surprising films of the year so far for me in terms of like I had no expectations for any of them. And then and ended up they all pleasantly them. surprised me. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, I think this and nobody probably more so than Cruella, and but I still really enjoyed Cruella as well. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you where all of those are in you know in the upper of like oh wow those are you know three and a half fours out of five that you know could have easily just been totally forgettable or just plain bad. So. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know reviews are all over the map for this, and I I kind of understand that. But oh, it just I, kinda I understand clicks. if somebody gives this like yeah. a two or a one star and says like, yeah. you know, it's derivative but not interesting. Like, I I totally get that. Like, it's not one of those things where I would argue like, no, actually, you're wrong, or like you're not seeing it the way that you know um, we saw it. Like, this film does is rough around the edges, and again, like if it was if it was sort of cut down i don't know at the script stage or editing stage and was maybe 30 minutes shorter i think it would be even better like i think it would i think it's i think it's good i think it's actually surprisingly had the potential good. to be like but i think it could have been really like good. a great great yeah. film but it's it's but as it is i think it's actually really really good um i agree I'm surprised how much yeah, I like the I'm, movie. <laughs> I agree with you. When you texted me, I was surprised. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, no, Eric's right. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we got a lot of other reviews we would love for you. It was a very, very busy week, actually. So please go check out our other reviews for uh, The Forever Purge, uh, Black Widow, um, Roadrunner, um, Fear Street uh, 1994, False Positive, The Novice, Wolfgang, Werewolves Within. Uh, 12 mighty orphans fatherhood catch the fair one italian studies luca see for me lots of stuff up there so please go check out those reviews uh untitled movie conversations we have a lovely conversation up with the folks from phantom city creative a nice hour-long chat with them about movie posters and their career and mm-hmm. um and things like that so uh please go check that out it was a lot a lot of fun and then our main show untitled movie podcast would love for you guys to subscribe there our 94th draft is coming very very soon for you guys so stay tuned for that uh, follow us on Letterboxd, Untitled Podcast. Uh, that's kind of our hub for everything. If you're looking to find our reviews, links to the podcasts, uh, links to all of our social channels, uh, lists of our you know favorite movies of the year, favorite movies of Tribeca. Every time a movie and a new franchise comes out, I usually post Eric and I's ranking, not combined ranking, separate rankings of those movies. So you can kind of see how we vibe with different franchises and things like that. We just will put up our purge rankings because the newest purge movie just came out. They all tie for first, <laughs> so, except for the first um, one yeah. and not the first purge, but the purge. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Uh, untitled underscore cast on all those social medias. Drop us a review. If you would be so kind. And as always, my name would is Matt. My name would be, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. <laughs> Uh, get my a goal. Maiden name Forrester, much like the main character of this movie. Yes, get, you got a goal over there. Um, <laughs> around the internet, 
mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. You can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews, including a review for The Tomorrow War, because I'm regurgitating again at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene uh, and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Uh, no one's eating my tuna Santa. Oh, yeah. Ugh, I hate tuna, man. <laughs> I hate tuna. I just like the insert cut of that. <laughs> it is funny, but I just hate tuna. I understand why no one's eating her tuna uh, Santa. Uh, bye, everybody.